Welcome to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast with me, Maya Fisher-French. And with me, Mapalomaku. Each week, we'll be discussing the stories we're working on and which you can read more about in the City Press. So, Mapolo, I wanted to start off with your story this week, which was about FIRE. And if people don't know what that acronym means, it means Financial Independence Retire Early. And it is a massive thing in, in all over the world, um, in America. And we've got our bloggers here in South Africa, and we've got this whole list of them who are all these young people in their 30s who are blogging about all the things they're not spending money on so that they can accumulate <laughs> enough money to retire. And it's not about driving a Lamborghini. That's not what it's about. It's actually about choice. And I think that, that that's really what your article was about. Um, it's not this mindset of I can sit down and never work again. Or I think after this week, that would be very appealing. Um, it's actually, <laughs> I think what it is more about is, is exactly that. It's about choice. Yes, 100% Maya. You know, uh, I've seen much older experts, you know, talk about fire in such a horrific way. Oh, how can you retire early? Um, but it really is about reclaiming your time and doing the things that you want to do for the rest of your life. So as young people, I think people are just thinking, you know what, I don't want to work for 40 years and only then get a um, a watch as a token of, of appreciation. <laughs> the gold watch. <laughs> the gold watch at the end. Um, I think it's really about people wanting to reclaim their time and say, you know what, I would live like no one else right now so that at the age of 45, I can afford to work either from home um, or I can, you know, work when I do want to. So we are foregoing, you see a lot of people are foregoing buying property, people are foregoing buying um, cars, those sort of things, those lifestyle assets, just to make sure that they pump up their savings and investments so that they can have choice. And I think this whole flexibility is so important as well. I mean, I think you and I both work for ourselves and it's such a benefit to have that flexibility, not having to go into the office at eight in the morning until five. But do you think it's possible, okay, as a mom, and I'm a mom, yeah. <laughs> to do fire as a parent because there is a cost of putting your children through mm -hmm. education that mm -hmm. you can't unfortunately bypass and I suppose unless you homeschool. Yes, no, I, I mean, even homeschooling, I, I looked at it as an option, Maya, we'll talk about it an, an, another time. It is quite expensive too, right? Um, but I think it is. I really think it is. I think you have to look at your overall uh, budget and lifestyle and say, you know what, um, that is a cost that I cannot take away at all. But there are other costs that you can definitely slash from your budget, as, especially, especially if you do want to retire early and you are comfortable with foregoing some of the other expenses at the moment. Mm. So just give me the sort of five tips of, of getting there for those people who yes. really are determined. Sure. So if you're determined, you know you want to retire early, definitely you need to know how much you will need to retire. You know, you have to quantify it first, then um, it's easier to take the steps to make sure that you, you get to your target. And um, of course, you have to the spend expenses is the other flip side of it. The less you need, the quicker you can get to that goal. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Right. And I mean, even if you decide at the age of 45, you still enjoy what you do. Hell, now you have way more money. <laughs> um, and you have to increase your income. Uh, so that's the whole gist of it, that the more you make, the more you put away in, saving, in savings or investments. Um, another one um, is to invest in low-cost investments. I think we've spoken briefly about um, index uh, investing. 
and you need to track your net worth. So you need to every year look at, you know, am I getting closer to my goal by calculating your assets and liabilities? And I think that's such an important one, one tracking, because that also, yes. I think, keeps you on track. So when you see that you've built up a fair amount of money, you, you kind of are more sort of stimulated to keep going and motivated to keep going. So I think that that is really an important one. But anyway, so if you do want to uh, have financial independence and retire early, not necessarily to sit with your feet up and watch the daisies grow, but actually to have choices and and flexibility. (laughs) And a yacht. What's that with a yacht? Okay, that's another discussion. I don't get the yacht. But um, I certainly don't want a yacht. But um, yeah, there's some great tips in, in City Press this Sunday. And Maya, in your article today, you discuss putting down a deposit for a car versus not putting down a deposit for a car. And Maya, you know, every time I see this type of thinking where people kind of ask you, should I put down a deposit or not? Um, I think to myself, it's a no brainer, right? So why would people not want to put down a deposit? So I'm with you. I'm like, the less money you borrow from the bank, the less interest you pay them, right? It's simple. But there are these stories that people tell themselves and I have to tell you I think this one specifically comes from the dealerships because dealerships are incentivized to finance as much as possible because they actually get commission on it so what they say to people is they say so say for example you have a 300,000 rand car and you have a 100,000 rand deposit they say no 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 don't put the deposit down in the beginning put it down 24 months into the contract because it'll have a bigger impact on reducing the monthly repayments and actually in one way, it's correct, but they clean forget about the fact that you've saved for 24 months before that point by putting the deposit on earlier. So it's a little bit yes. of this thing, you know, using the right numbers to confuse people. Um, mm. So I actually did, in the, in the article, I really go into it. I went to ABSA, uh, um Vehicle and Asset Finance, and I said to them, please, can you run the numbers for me? So I know they're correct. Yes. And what it found was, well, first of all, if you put no deposit down, so I think I used a 300,000 rand car, no deposit, yes. you're going to pay like six, six back a month. If you put Oof. the 100,000 rand, <laughs> talking about fire, <laughs> uh, that's not going to be um, if you put that 100,000 rand deposit down, it actually reduces your repayment to about 4,450, around about there. So, yes. so it has quite a significant reduction. And it saves you over 33,000 rand over the 60 months in interest. Sure. But then, so what if then you said, okay, I'm not going to put the deposit down in the beginning. I'm going to keep that lump sum and put it in after two years of financing the car. So initially... Yes spending 6,600 Rand on repayments, but at about month 24, you owe, you, you've, you've paid back, um, I think about 200,000. So you now had, you put in, well, you put in a hundred thousand and your debt reduces to a hundred thousand because you've got about 200,000 outstanding. And that does drop your monthly installments. You can opt to drop your monthly installments down to about 3,300 Rand. So now if you're thinking about it, you think, oh, that sounds better. I, I put it in 24 months later and I reduce my installment to 3,300. If I did it at the beginning, it only reduces to 4,400, right? So I'm saving over a thousand Rand by doing this a month. No, you're forgetting no. that for 24 months, you've paid 6,600 Rand a month and not the 4,000. So the sums actually show that if you put it in 24 months later, you're spending about 14,000 Rand more in interest. So it is definitely the wrong decision. And I even 
kindly went and I said, what if you put the 100,000 in a high interest bearing account and even then you may get 12,000 rand interest, but you've spent 14, so you net two. So no people, I've done the maths, don't argue with me because I did have a young woman argue this point with me. Um, I've got the proof. I've got the figures. It makes a lot more sense to put that, that deposit down up front. 100%. And Maya, you know, it's, it's, it's a similar um, calculation to buying a house, right? If you put some money, um, a deposit up front, it saves you on the interest over the long period of time than saying, okay, you'll pay it three years later. Exactly. Anytime you have an opportunity to pay less interest to the bank, use the opportunity. The Take only it. thing is, yeah, the only, only proviso I would have with this is that some people actually dip into their emergency funds to put down the deposit. And that's not necessarily mm. a clever idea because you actually do need... Yes those emergency funds for other things. So I think sometimes that comes into play. People say, I could take this 100,000 that I've saved up for emergencies and put it in as a deposit. Um, mm, but no, that must I be see. a separate, that must be a separate. And so maybe there's a little bit of that coming in here, but definitely don't tell me it saves you money. So Maya, on the topic of cars and saving a bit of money, if you do put down a deposit, the petrol price is going up again. What is, what, what is it? I mean, cannot, can we not catch a break? <laughs> <laughs> so I think this, by the time anyone's listening to this podcast, it will have really have, it's too late. Um, it's now gone up by 74 cents per liter. Yes. Um, I, so I worked that out. Um, if you drive a petrol car, you're going to spend about 37 Rand more on a tank of petrol and 45 Rand more on diesel. There goes your takeaway coffees and your pack of cigarettes <laughs> and your model two liter Cokes. But one of the things I did look at is actually in December, we were still paying more. We were paying around um, 42 cents more than we even are with this, with this increase. So, um, what I'm, um, and I think specifically for public transport, if you, somebody catches a taxi, Ubers, if they didn't reduce their fares in January, when that big drop, we had a one rand 22 drop in petrol price. If they didn't drop their prices, then they really should not be putting them up now. So, so I'm really hoping that this doesn't feed through into some of those, those public transports. But obviously, from our point of view, um, it will do. But the, the thing that you really need to be watching out for here is that this is just the start. <laughs> First of all, mm, the economists are not it expecting... Always is. Yeah, it always it's not, is. Yeah, always is. They expecting, don't expect the range to strengthen. They don't expect oil prices to pull back. And we have fuel taxes coming in. On the 3rd of April, yes. we're going to get the road accident fund and, and fuel levy. And then on the 5th of June, we're going to get that carbon tax that's been introduced. So mm. that's going to add another 29 cents onto our tank of petrol. And I mean, tank onto uh, per liter, I think it's about 14 rand of tank of petrol. And Mapolo, for our listeners, I have calculated that after those two tax increases, the amount of tax that you will pay per liter of pet petrol is 5 rand 63. 5 rand 63 per liter of petrol is going to the tax man. Maya, this is a story that I'm particularly interested in, right? Um, so the Financial Services Board changed its name um, recently to the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, and they have been given more scope, right, um, to go after fraudulent activities in the financial services sector. Tell us a little bit more about it. 
So I got to meet the new head of um, investigations and enforcement. He's a man by the name of, of Brandon Topham, and he's very amusing because he is so <laughs> adamant about taking criminals out. He's like, these people who've come into the financial sector and are, are operating his syndicates, and they, he says, I think mm. I actually have the direct quote where he says, we cannot have a situation where people are driving fancy cars on the back of others' misfortune. Yes, and it's actually so, yes. I have to tell you, from a regulatory perspective, it's so nice to hear someone who's actually so excited about putting people behind mm. You know, you it's can, not a I job. Mean, you can even sense the energy in the in the article about how excited he is. Exactly, this is not a job for him. This is like a, a calling. So, yes. so, and I've already <laughs> noticed the new FSCAs. We're seeing a lot more warnings coming out, a lot more notices mm. about investigations. So I'm quite positive. But one of the ones that for me as a journalist that's really powerful is that um, what happened before, whenever we get a complaint, so some guy on Facebook told people about an investment, they gave his money and, you know, it's gone. Um, yes. When I go to the authorities, they'd say, but they're not, he's not registered with us. We can only oversee people who are licensed with the Financial Services Board. That's our mandate. The mandate has changed. So anybody who sells any services or products in the financial industry can be investigated now by yes. the FCA. Whether it's a company or an individual. Individual, anything. So if you want to go along yes. and you want to tell people that you've got an amazing investment that's going to double their money over the next month, you can be investigated. <laughs> doesn't, and that has been a very gray area. And I think a lot of crooks have played in that space because yes. go along and then what do you do? I always have to say to people, go to the SAPs, go to the police. And well, we know. Okay, mm. that doesn't really They're criminal charge and... and it doesn't go anywhere because they don't have the exactly. skills to, to investigate. So I think really exciting. Also, they're going to, to look at, at international jurisdictions. You know, the guys, Forex platforms, if you haven't mm. been taken by one already, they're these Forex platforms. Give us your credit card details. I don't know if people do this. And yes, then we'll trade for then, you. Yeah, and then comes, the end of the year. Exactly. And then their money's gone. And this is what he said now is that they will work with international authorities. He said, it's very unlikely we'll get your money back, but at least we can start to um, stop these guys operating um, in, and, and taking more victims in South Africa. So if you have a problem, you've come across a company or an individual that you think is doing something dodgy, you can send uh, the information to info at fsca.co.za. So that's financial sector conduct authority, fsca.co.za. And please do, because that's the only way they can collect information and actually start these investigations. So that's a wrap for today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or to your website, womanandfinance.co.za. Or my website, mayaonmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959. And we look forward to hearing from you. Because we want to know what it is that you want to know. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast, featuring the contributors of the City Press personal finance pages. 